you, Kathy. So as I said at the beginning of worship, we're starting a new worship series this morning for Advent. We're going to be focusing on Isaiah's pronouncement of the royal prince and what it means for this child to be born to us. And the names that are given, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. What it means for this child to be light of the world as we celebrate Christmas Eve together and for this child to be Savior of the world on Christmas Day. I'm pretty confident in saying this to all of you. None of us get through life without a little bit of help from someone else. Amen? Right? We all get through life with a little bit of help from everyone. Every single one of us receives assistance. We receive advice. We receive counsel along the way. It's the way in which we learn to navigate the world that is around us without us having to make our own mistakes all the time and reinvent the wheel, each and every one of us all the time, right? The key, I think, is for us to learn. To learn from those, others around us, who have wise, good, solid counsel to give and to try to figure out how to minimize and ignore all the other voices around us. Our oldest daughter had a couple of moments in her high school years where that was a little bit troublesome for her, trying to figure out how to minimize the other voices around her. She learned a few lessons by the school of hard knocks, shall we say, along the way. I used to be a member of what was called the International Customer Service Association. You guys don't care about that. But one of the things that they used to do is every year they'd have an annual conference somewhere. And you could go off and do some learning and some training regarding your opportunities as a manager in the field. One year we went to Seattle, Washington. as That's where the conference was. And I can remember going to the morning session and, and doing all the things that you do at at a conference kind of setting like that. And then about lunchtime, I came back to our hotel room. And when I entered the hotel room, Margaret was on the phone having, shall we say, one of those strong parental conversations with our oldest one, right? You know, any of you ever had to have a strong parental conversation with any of your children? Those of you who had... Any of you remember your parents having a strong conversation with you about something? Yeah, you know, you kind of know those moments where your parents are giving you counsel over something that you have done. And that was going on in this moment. After a few moments when she finished the conversation and had time to decompress from the conversation, she shared with me what had happened. Now, most of you all know that we're a blended family. And while we were out of town, the two girls were supposed to be staying at their dad's house. Now, Kendra was out with one of her friends, and this was one of her friends that she just could not say no to, right? And they decided to stop by our house because Kendra needed something at the house. Well, the friend found out that we were out of town. Do you guys know where I'm headed with this by any chance? Yeah? Well, stay with me anyway, but... So the friend found out and convinced Kendra that they should have a few people over to the house. And the friend gets on the phone and starts calling friends. And you know how this goes, right? Not only do the friends get called, but the people they don't know also get called. And before you know it, we've got a plethora of kids at our home with zero supervision. 
Right? So about 10.30 that night, my youngest brother and his wife show up at our house because they always house sat for us at this time. And my youngest brother said that he sat in the driveway for 30 minutes trying to figure out if he wanted to go in and interrupt what was going on or simply turn around and ignore the situation, you know, right? So he's in a quandary himself. But he decided, best thing is, I probably better go in and find out what's going on for safety reasons. So he goes in and finds Kendra, and she sees him, and she knew at that moment she was busted, right? She was in big trouble. That same friend of hers was over one Saturday while the family was over in Lawrence for a soccer game. Youngest one, Crystal, she had a game over there, and Ken, Margaret and I took the rest of the kids, and we went over to the soccer game. Kendra didn't want to go. She stayed home. Her friend shows up. They decide that maybe it's a good idea to go for a joy ride in Mom's car. So they take Mom's car out for a ride, right? We come home. It's kind of a midsummery kind of day. It's a little warm, and you would think that naturally it would be warm in the garage, but it was hot in the garage. Actually, I walked by the car, and I'm like, man, this vehicle is really warm. So I put my hand on the hood. It was really warm. I opened up the hood, touched the engine. It was even warmer. Clue. Somebody's been out driving the car, and it wasn't us, right? So I asked Kendra about it. Sure enough, she'd been out joyriding in Mom's car. Did I tell you, by the way, she had only a learner's permit at that time, right? So you think about people that speak into your life and they give you advice or, or counsel you to do something you probably should not do. Ever heard the phrase, what goes around comes around? So for Kendra and Davis, we keep wondering what kind of mischief our grandsons are going to get into to see if it kind of comes around to them in some form or fashion. As I said at the beginning, every single one of us receives counsel. We receive advice from others. It is part of the human interaction. It is part of our connection. But how many of us receive bad advice and we listen to it and we know the results and the consequences of it? You know, a friend advises you to go into a business deal with them and it it really sounds good. It sounds lucrative. It sounds like something that's going to pan out well for you. You invest and before you know it, you lose. It's called a scheme for a reason, amen, right? Someone you trust gives you a recommendation on maybe a contractor or a service person. They had good luck with this person. They recommend you use them, but the work that they do for you isn't the same quality as what it was for your friend. How many of you have ever been to a new restaurant that got a rave review and you walked away from that dining experience giving it less than a rave review yourself? But the one that matters the most to us is is the time when we have important relationships that are struggling and we go seek counsel and advice from someone and they give us advice and we deploy that advice only to find out that it was the wrong thing that we needed to do and that relationship that's so important to us begins to deteriorate even more. How often we have received bad advice. I would surmise that Almost every single one of us have been given bad advice somewhere along the line. And we know it's bad advice because we know the results. The things that transpire in our lives. The lessons that we have learned from that kind of counsel. Now luckily for many of us though, 
We have the opposite as well in our lives. We have trusted advisors. We have people that we know that we can go to and ask for good counsel. We're going to get good counsel, godly, sound advice from them for whatever that situation is in life. Whether it's a trusted family member, a seasoned professional in our field, or just some trusted friend that we have that's a wise soul, we know where to go and get good counsel. But I wonder how often we seek the wise, solid counsel of God. How often do we seek out the holy counsel of God for our lives? You think about the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah speaks of a time when darkness was upon the land and the people. A time when the wise counsel and the voice of God was silent for them. They were in trouble. They were lost. They were without guidance felt as if they were abandoned as God's people. But Isaiah the prophet comes, and in that moment, Isaiah pronounces to them that God has zero intention of leaving them as a people in darkness. God has no intention of leaving them without guidance, without hope. The prophet announces to them a royal pronouncement. A child will be born. A son will be given to them. God is breaking in to establish peace and justice, to reorder things. And this child that will sit on the throne of David will be called, of all things, a wonderful counselor. This people who were dwelling in darkness received God's wise counsel through the prophet, a message of hope for them, light that could be life for them. Counsel they could trust. Counsel they should listen to. I wonder how many of us listen to the wise counsel of God for our lives. How many of us listen to it and try to apply it each and every day? There's a number of us, and I've seen it in a variety of different forms. I've heard the conversation. There are a number of folks who are still struggling with the post-election results and all that that means for us As a people, there is fear, there is insecurity, there is disillusionment. It is creeping in to our homes and the environment around us. For some, it feels like we are descending back into darkness. Are we a lost people? Are we in trouble? Are we without guidance? Is the voice of God silent in our nation? That's how some people feel. In a devotional guide that I read this week called uh, Disciplines, there's several different little articles that are in it. And one of the authors reminds us of the wise counsel of St. Augustine. St. Augustine was one of the first Christian theologians and writers to suggest to us how we should view the world around us. To be reminded that we are simply sojourners. We are pilgrims who are traveling through this world. How many of you remember the old hymn that said, This world is not my... Home, I'm just a passing through. Right? How often we get blinded to the simple fact, the trapped in the reality that we believe that this is the summation of our journey, this life. How often we lose sight to the fact that we are simply sojourners passing through from this life to the next. And so we should hear and we should be reminded that our wonderful counselors are not the political leaders and the pundits. They're not the business and the cultural icons of our day. Our hope is not built solely on the wisdom of humans geared towards an idea of this life. 
Our wonderful counselor is the one who was born to us. The son who was given to us. The one who became flesh and dwelt among us. The one who shows us what true life should look like for every single one of us. How we should live. The goal of true life, according to our wise counselor, is very specific. It should be a life that is lived with a predilection towards the caring for the marginalized and the oppressed. It is a life that is marked by provisions for the widow and the orphan. A life that feeds the hungry, gives drink to the thirsty, clothes the naked, visits those in prison, tends to the needs of those who are sick in our community. It is a life that ministers to the needs of the poor in spirit. It is a life that proclaims the good news of forgiveness of sins, a life that proclaims that things on this earth are not as they should be and that the full kingdom of God is emerging through God's peace and justice. It's a life that counsels and gives good wisdom and counsel to the next generation. Unfortunately, living this life doesn't come natural to very many of us, It's only achieved by people who are intentionally spending time listening to and being guided by the solid advice of the wonderful counselor. Let me remind you again what the disciplines of good advice should look like in our life. We are given the wisdom of God in, of all things, the Holy Scriptures. A simple book. Sixty-six different books that contain the wisdom of God. But how often do we pick it up and seek out the wisdom of God for our life by reading these simple words of Scripture, the good advice, the counsel of God, or the wisdom of the many writers and interpreters who have read this work and then penned their thoughts in devotional moments and reflections for each and every one of us? How often do we find ourselves reading them and learning from them and applying their wise counsel to our lives? the living examples that are around us, the folks who have become the kind of model Christian example that we would like to also emulate in our own lives, who have good counsel and advice that could give meaning to our lives. How often do we spend time seeking good counsel? Because it's needed. It is much needed good counsel not only for our own lives, before this world as well, because not only is this life that we're living not as God intends, the world around us is not as God intends. God's people are called to bear a witness in the world that the darkness will never win, that the light of God is emerging in us, through us, and into the world if we would only listen to and apply the counsel of God. So, who is your wise counsel? Who is helping you discover the light of God in your life? Helping you to become light in this world. A couple of things I hope that you just kind of reflect upon and take with you this morning and try to remember. I think that we all know what bad counsel and advice looks like. As I said early on, we know the results of it. We've lived it in some of our own experiences. But God sent word, a counsel for the people that were dwelling in darkness to remind them that light was coming into their lives to give them life and hope. And that we are invited to continue to seek that same wise counsel in our own lives so that the light of God might not only seep into our hearts and souls but bleed into the world as well. Darkness will never overcome. Light will win. 
So let me extend an invitation to you to think. To think about this. How much good counsel are you seeking out in your life? Where are the places that you are going to seek out the good counsel? The counsel of God that is necessary for your daily life. Or to think of it this way. How often do people ask you for good counsel and advice? And what is the source of it in your own life to give? Because we need people. We need communities of faith. People to give wise, solid counsel in this world. We need to be the kind of people who dwell in the good counsel of God so that we might learn the lessons and then teach them to the next generation so that they might receive that wise and godly counsel themselves. I think we are people that are on a journey to do that to continue to seek out the wonderful counselor and hopefully in our own lives to call him that. Will you join me in prayer? So gracious and holy God, we come before you in this moment. Maybe today we hear that invitation for our own selves to think about where we seek wise and good counsel. How often do we seek it from those who are, are just like ourselves, fallible beings? How often do we ignore the good, wise counsel that you have for us? Teach us, O oh Lord, to listen to you. To listen to you through your own words, but also to listen to those who are being created new through you. Who have good, wise counsel to offer and share. Help us to seek that out in our own lives so that we might be made new and formed in a fashion and a way in which we might be a people of wise, godly counsel ourselves. May we share with all the light of your goodness in our lives. And we ask this through the name of our wonderful counselor, Jesus the Christ.